Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Welcome, everybody. This is the Man Up Podcast, pod, podcast number 93. You might not recognize my voice. My name is, uh, my name is Bill Knox. That's right. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. And so if you take a globe, spin it around. With a little bit of luck, you'll get in Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, And that's where we're at. So glad you're here. I have not been here for the last few weeks. And, uh, <laughs> hey, easy, easy, killer. You know, yeah, hey, but I got an excuse from my wife. <laughs> I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't getting enough abuse, because I was, so I had to stay home and get abused more. But no, actually, I, I had had a, a, a surgery in December and had a little bit of complications uh, last month, so I had to go in for another surgery. And you know the worst part about it is, I'm a kind of a numbers guy because I'm a salesman. It was my fault, pretty much, by pushing it. It's probably between 99 and 100% my fault that that happened. So, uh, so I got a fair amount of beat up from the wife and from the sisters and stuff. And so I'm feeling totally awesome that I get to come here and man up for an hour. I got permission. Nice call, Judge. Yeah, yeah, I'm out on work release. <clears throat> but <laughs> we are in Connect 360, and this is a Glory and Judgment. We're in lesson number two. And I just wanted to take a moment <clears throat> to thank the fellas for picking up the slack. This is man up, but I'll be honest with you, I was man down. And a quick lesson from that is this. There's just some times, and we're all men, that you just have to pull the antennas in, put the comforter over your head, and just disappear for a little bit. And if that ever happens to you, let me be the first one to say, hey, I'm okay with it, because that happened to me. But when you come back up out of the light, I kind of feel like a mole all of a sudden. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> There's light out here, and I get to go back and do my normal stuff like this podcast, and this is awesome. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the, uh, the panel that we have here. And you know, we're on podcast number 93. The fellows have been talking about doing something special for a hundred, and if my third grade math is right, that's about seven podcasts away. So <clears throat> we are we, on the countdown. We are on the countdown. So, and the panel that we have today, and you just heard him. He is a world class trainer. He is a professional basketball fan for University of Houston and nothing else. He's intellectual. We call him the professor. That's Robert Koshu. <laughs> and uh, 
This is a perfect lesson for this next guy because glory and judgment. He's an attorney, but he's also a prosecutor. So he could defend you or he could throw the book at you. He's the judge, Michael Cropper, and he's back. Thank you. And Kyle Trahan, our deacon, this dude is studying up till test time. Man, I would not want to be in a class with him. Well, unless I could see his paper. Uh, <laughs> that's our class deacon, Kyle Trahan. And last but certainly not least, and I totally appreciate all the extra effort that he did while I, while I was out. Let's give him a big round of applause. <laughs> he is a professional policy writer, and he's a gambler, but he's a winner in our book because he stepped up and took over while I was out. I totally appreciate it. That's Mr. Steve Titch. He was just making up time from whenever he was out from his skydiving. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ceiling diving. Ceiling diving. Ceiling diver. And my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically just a, a writer and sales type. <clears throat> and this is an awesome lesson. We are in, it is at Connect 360, Truth and Grace. Glory and judgment, and I'm just going to go around the room, and because this is, we're, we're just men, we kind of like the summary first, so I'm going to go around and let the fellas give their basic uh, overview, and then we'll go ahead and we'll read the scripture, and we'll, uh, we'll go with it. I'm going to go ahead and start out with Mr. Steve Titch. Yes, well, we got, this is uh, chapter 2 of John, uh, Gospel of John, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through um, 22. Um, and it's two, it's two stories that seem rather distinct. Uh, the story of the water being turned into wine, Jesus' first miracle, and then the clearing of the temple. But there, are, there, there is a connecting thread. We're going to talk about that. Um, and, well, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that uh, because it's, it's, it's very interesting material. Awesome. Kyle Trahan. Uh, interesting lesson. Give it a, an interesting spin. Maybe we'll run down this. But uh, Jesus was kind of given a to-do list. You know? She looked at him and said, go do this. You know? And, and just in my opinion, you know, she's kind of like, well, you know, it's just not the right time. But mom said it. Obey thy mother. And he went and did I didn't think of that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit on that when it gets my turn. Michael Cropper. Yeah, great lesson. It, it really is good, and I had to read it a couple times to start really understanding what Steve was saying, how it links together, and there is a lot of threads with it, and there's a lot of threads and symbolism regarding Jesus' blood and the sacrifice on the cross and everything like that that we can actually tie in. So I'm really looking forward to it. And just just a reminder, lesson one, we are in lesson two. Lesson one was... An introduction to the fact that Jesus is is God, and uh, in fact, Robert made the comment. He says, "My first, uh, my my greatest pleasure at Christmas is to read this first verse." Right, Robert? <laughs> yeah. And that's simply, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God." Now, that's not all. The Word was God, right. and and the Word is Jesus Christ, and He represents God in the flesh and God when He appears on earth. So that was very special. Then we come back to today's lesson, and we look at two symbols that John thinks is really important, or two things that John really thinks is important that applies to verse uh, chapter one. Excellent, 
Professor. Yeah, so I'm going to take my summary time all through John. I'm going to do something a little different. We talked last week about John being a supplement to the other three Gospels. The other three Gospels tell a lot of the same stories. Uh, only about 14% of John is actually in the other stories. And so one of the things I want to do is kind of catch everybody up where we are in the life of Jesus. So as Mike alluded to, last week we talked about that, that last week's lesson was all about Jesus is God, was God, and was with God in the beginning. So since then, now Jesus has been born. He got presented in the temple. The wise men showed up about two years later. Joseph and Mary fled to Egypt with baby Jesus. They returned back to Nazareth. Joseph set up his carpenter shop. We get the glimpse into Jesus at 12 years old when he visits the temple. John the Baptist actually starts his ministry, baptizing people and doing things. Jesus shows up to be baptized by John. After that, John starts making a testimony to Jesus. He sees Jesus walking by and John goes, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Two of John's disciples, Andrew and probably John, he doesn't name, he says two disciples, one is very plainly Andrew, the other one's real cagey, so that's really John, because he never refers to himself in his own gospel, uh, start following Jesus at that point. And then they pick up Simon Peter, Philip, and Nathaniel. And so now they're kind of at this wedding together, and all of them are there together. So that kind of catches us up to where we are today in the life of Jesus. Excellent. Now I'll go ahead and I'll, uh, I'll read the scripture. This is uh, from John 2, 1 through 22. And on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they were filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water, that had become wine and did not know where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they remained there a few days. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and will you raise it up in three days? 
But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. If I'd have said woman to my mom, I'd have been backhanded. Actually, that was a term of endearment back yes. then. It was actually, it someone funny. said, they, yeah. one of the commentators I read said, my lady. Mm-hmm. Was, right. a, was a better translate, but yeah, yeah. it, was, it well, sounds it, funny. It, the way yeah, it, it does. It does. So it, it, the first thing I want to bring out, and and I just love this because this is semi humorous, but there's some earth things to it. So Jesus not only made the best wine <laughs> out of the whole kit and caboodle, he made like uh, roughly 190 gallons of it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I give the right. sense like I, the stone jars were right, right the, like close to 20, 20 to 30 20 gallons each. 20, yeah. 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 yeah, and there were yeah, six so. of them. So we, we can even, we'll just round it to 25 oh, gallons, yeah, split the middle, and there were six of them. So he made 150 gallons of wine. And the good stuff to boot. <laughs> well, to me, this glory and judgment, he t- assumes his place on the throne by letting people see his power in doing this miracle, which makes his judgment more worthy and able to take. Think of it kind of like a judge. A judge, he finally he gets he gets elected. He's already educated and everything, and then he is able to give judgment. So you have well, to assume the position first, there's and a, then make the judgment. There's a leadership thing here. Absolutely. So, so what he did, because what did he do right before this? He picked up six disciples, and we didn't read about that. That was before right. that. Yeah. Right. But he picks up. John and Andrew, Nathaniel, and uh, Philip. So four or five disciples. And he shows up with them, and he gets them to buy into him before he starts talking about his vision later. And we'll we'll talk about that in the second half. By showing them a powerful miracle. And there was something, I'll I'll make light of and joke about the uh, amount of wine, but there was actually some Old Testament prophecy that talked about an abundance of wine being associated with the Son of Man and the coming of the Lord and all of those things that the Jews would use. And it was listed in Jeremiah, Joel, and Amos. And so you get all of that kind of tying together. So this is kind of putting all of that where he's using this from a leadership perspective to point people, hey, here's who I am. Now, before I start telling you my vision, so they're binding to him as a person. You just wonder if there's a person that's sitting in the corner that doesn't believe him and that uh, says, I'd like a mead. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like a Bud Light. <laughs> I'd like a Bud Light. <laughs> yeah, I'd like a mead. Uh, you know, fruity. And, well, you, uh, if, if you, I, I had to read this several times. The symbolism that, that, that could be brought up here also is the fact that clay jars were used very much to keep their holy water in and they called it water for purification then right. and the and the water would not get contaminated from clay jars okay so back then again jesus had run-ins with the pharisees over and over again they said why didn't you wash your hands before you ate you washed your hands your your utensils for cooking for eating with in this water that was kept in the clay jars that's representative of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. 
So Jesus then turns and he says, okay, take and pour water, fill the clay jars up, which is the Old Testament, and now draw it. He doesn't even tell him a sample. He just tells it, take the water over to the head, head steward, and it becomes wine in the, in the meantime. And what is wine the symbol of that you're referring to? His blood. Yeah. The right? Yeah. The no. resurrection? Yeah, the, and, absolutely. And the complete starting of the New Testament. Right then, this, the, the same thing we're, this, we're going to Well, this is what we're going to talk because Because yes. he's basically saying these jars now have a new purpose or they yes. no longer are needed for the old purpose. <coughs> That's correct. That's and, correct. Uh, it, it, which, which was going to tie into the temple story as well. Yeah, you can... Yeah. Uh, and and the, other, the other part of this is also that this happens during a wedding feast, a wedding banquet. Absolutely. Which... Um, Several times in both the Old Testament and the New Testament is is the the kingdom of God or heaven or the ultimate your ultimate coming together of you and God is a banquet and we see that of course in the story of the prodigal son they all have he come the prodigal son returns there is a feast uh, there's a parable of the feast of of yes. where the the invited people don't come so so the master sends out to the highways and byways but also in the Old Testament. Uh, in uh, Isaiah, and uh, there are there the, there's the concept of you know the, there will be a banquet. Uh, so this is this is also adding another layer of meaning onto this whole story that that the fact this happens here with wine and and the mention of uh, this is not my hour, which uh, is in John's gospel, the hour is the hour of the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't take it like that. Okay. I, ta- I, I took it like, this is not my hour, almost as if he was, he was still training or getting ready <laughs> for his ministry, wasn't ready to step out and let everybody know. But I mean, if, if you're going to make 180 gallons of great wine, <laughs> people are not going to forget that. Yes. Oh no. You know what? I mean, honestly, you're a, you're a mark. You're a mark person. You you have special powers. Then okay, and, minimum. And one okay. of the things was that may have got out a little bit after a while, but at the festival itself, from all appearances, Mary knew. The people mm-hmm. dipping and serving the wine knew, and the disciples knew. But like all the guests. They just Initially, enjoyed it and went, wow, the, that, well, yeah. they're enjoying good wine. <laughs> I'm thinking Mary was responsible for getting him to that wedding because she knew he could do something like this well, if, if, if I, he was needed to there, do it. There's some thoughts that this was part of his kinship mm-hmm. and that the reason Mary knew about the wine is because she was helping with the food prep. And so well, she was one of the ones that picked up that, oh, hey, we're out of wine. <laughs> this is a problem. Jesus, come here. Yeah, fix yeah. this. Well, well <laughs> maybe. But yeah. I, I said, well, it's interesting that, that I mean, we, we have the hindsight. He hadn't performed a miracle yet. That's right. right. But she went to him as kind of almost authority right there. Yeah. Maybe she thought he was going to run the spec. Yeah. Run the <laughs> spec. But it was also a saving face yes. you know, yeah. 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 for them because, I mean, in this, I mean, for a wedding, it could be a week long event mm-hmm. where everybody yeah. comes and parties at your house. And you run out of wine. People joke about Catholic weddings going for a while. These ancient Jewish weddings? We. A week. (laughs) I mean, you know, you run out of wine on day three when you got four more to go. Uh oh. 
you know, you, you don't run out of food, you don't run out of wine. You know, those are the, the rules back then, for sure. Yeah. Well, right, and I don't think that Mary expected him to turn it into wine. I, I don't think um, she expected I, 150 I, gallons. I, 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 I think he did. She did. Really? She, okay, so. she looked at the sermon and said, do whatever he, he says. says. Now, that's right, true. Right. That's right. right. But, but whatever he he's says. Gonna, he's going to replace it. Well, but and he did. Right. So I, another, I did another, another twist to the it's not my hour concept. He's human. Right. But he's also God. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And he knows sort of what his future holds. Could he have just been wanting to be stubborn and saying, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to start this now. This, I am not ready <laughs> for what I know will come. Well, right. well, there and if go. I That's do amazing. this, yeah. oh, cool. this is where this it is starts. And where it th- I know the end. He's and he's just being a stubborn I'm gonna be, guy going, I'm going to be buying everybody uh, drinks. Well, yeah, and, yeah, I'm, well, I'm done, man. I don't want it. Well, right. There's actually places. seven miracles in John. This right. is the first one. Mm-hmm. Right. And it does put him on, like you guys said, spot. like Kyle said, it puts him on the path to the cross. Yeah. Most well, every, definitely. Uh, the uh, head waiter says, everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine, after the guests have become drunk. It's in our scripture. Hey, 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 that's a truth that that lived all the way down to my dorm room. All right, and we're we're up against a hard break, and uh, this is Man Up Podcast number 93. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 93. We're so glad you're here. We're in glory and judgment. This is a, a lesson in John, John 2, 1 through 22. And it, it's talking about two stories that <clears throat> Jesus changing the water into wine, and like the professor said, a lot of wine. But then also, he is at the temple chasing out the money changers. And I just want to bring up something about judgment. Every time you hear judgment, whether it's a judgment from a test or judgment from a doctor that you haven't been doing your physical therapy right or any any kind of judgment like that, typically it's bad. You think of it as bad. But also, the person doing the judging has to have the authority. You don't get judged on a test by a classmate, by someone that's sitting next to you. No, it's the professor or the teacher that judges you. It's someone that is above and should know. And so that's that's kind of why I think in this particular lesson, it's essentially 
two sides of the same coin. Jesus reveals his glory, even though I get it that he probably isn't ready necessarily, but then just just does it. But then his authority convicts him that when he's up in the temple, this is not right. Nobody can make it right or has the authority to do it but me. Because this is the only place that the Gentiles could go. Let, let's, 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 let's do, let me, let me do two things and this will transition from one story to the other actually. Right. So one of the reasons why there are several people suggest that Jesus's comment to his mom was, hey, <coughs> my time hasn't come yet. And, but she says, do as he was. Is This is also the transition where he's transitioning from her son to, to God, to Christ, yeah. or yeah, to the Messiah. Right. And so he is kind of setting the stage for that. Because notice they go down to Capernaum, probably stay at Simon Peter's house in Capernaum, is what most people think. And that was kind of his home base when he wasn't out traveling. Then they go down to Jerusalem for Passover, which is the one Passover that no other gospel talks about. So it's the early, it's why we know there's two. And the first cleansing of the temple, and Bill alluded to the temple being cleansed, and it was where the Gentiles worshipped. And if you ever wonder how serious it was, there was actually an inscription in the temple that they have found, so it's a historical artifact. The translation to it says, and it was found like in where the, where the court was, where everyone was selling things, nor foreigner... May in, is to enter within the fi, the forecourt and the balustrade around the sanctuary. Yeah. Whoever is caught will have himself to blame for his subsequent death. Yeah. <laughs> so the Gentiles literally, they, where they were doing this was the only place the Gentiles were supposed to worship. Well, I, I mean, completely. Let me go back one second. You point out something with Mary and, and Jesus, and, and I'm thinking... There was another instance where Jesus didn't quite want to do what came up. It's possible Mary knew it was his time to start, and he was cautious about wanting to do it. Remember when he was in the garden, he said, Father, I don't really want to go to the cross, but if it's your will, I will do it. And it may be that the Holy Spirit told Mary. I mean, we believe the anointing could be on anybody back there that was serving the Lord. And remember, she spoke all these things at his birth or before his birth, and it's possible she saw him and said, it is his time to start. He may not be ready. It's time to get started, and it's time it, for you to step in. It's possible she saw something he didn't see. Yeah, maybe or he she didn't, knew. Pardon me, he didn't want to see. Yeah. He maybe wasn't. she knew the disciples needed to see. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm so. wondering if this miracle wasn't as much about all that as it was about <clears throat> the disciples seeing it happen. Yeah. Because, I mean, you have, to, you have to kind of... So John the Baptist does say, look, the Lamb of God. And, and Jesus basically goes, hey, goes up to him and says, hey, follow me. So they kind of follow when he's teaching and talking. But to really throw everything away and start really following Jesus the way they did, something got their attention. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Jesus, yes. Jesus 100, you got 150 it. gallons of water being turned into wine would get my attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you for letting me. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't mind to have that vintage, actually. <laughs> And then, then he attracts more attention in Jerusalem. Yes. Oh, that's, that's, um, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, there's, there are differences in this story than from the others. Obviously, and, and I've, 
This is this is an er, I guess there were two clearings. Yeah. This is an earlier one, and it, it's told a little differently. What I think is significant uh, is that two well two things I see in it is that um, Jesus didn't walk in and get enraged. Jesus was there, and we are told he takes some cords and braids a whip. So he he consciously makes a decision to do this. Uh, he doesn't just fly off the hang, handle in righteous anger. Yeah. Also, uh, the scripture, the scripture in Luke, uh, well, where 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 this the story is told after he after he come after the the Palm Sunday essentially after he enters Jerusalem, mm -hmm. uh, he drives out the money changers and there's a quote from Jeremiah seven eleven, uh, it, you have turned my house a prayer into a den of robbers or a den of thieves. In in this text, he quotes. Uh, it, it, Jesus doesn't, but the, 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 we were told the disciples remember Psalm 69, 9. Uh, and the complete line is, the, 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 the line, part line is given, zeal for your house consumes me. The full line from that psalm is, zeal from your house consumes me, and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. So he is, Jesus is, is I mean, is, is Basically, identifying himself right, right there, the disciples are seeing an, an identification with God, which then Jesus will then follow up by saying, uh, "I, you know, under when they ask him, they ask, they come out and ask him, what gives you the right to do this? What is what gives you the authority to throw everyone out of the temple just like that?" And he says, he points to himself and says, "Well, destroy this temple and we'll rebuild it in three days." He's referring to himself. Not everybody realizes it, but there's also going back to going back to the Synoptic Gospels. This quote is used not by in, in his trial, not not by the defense, like for oh well he's crazy he says silly things like that. But you'd get a, by the prosecution because they're right. trying him Absolutely. for blasphemy. blasphemy. So they right. clearly yep. understand he's making a reference, at least by three years, two, you know, three more years down sure. the line. Sure. He is making a reference to himself as replacing the temple, which is where, where the transition is in this story. We are transitioning from the building to Jesus Christ Absolutely. himself as the as the as as the presence of God. Absolutely. Um, Settle down, fellas. I had highlighted this where, you, where you're talking about this. And, and personally, he says, uh, Jesus answered them and he said, now, I, I don't know if there's different versions, Robert. You may have a couple different versions. But he says, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. I, I think this is actually God the Father. He's anointed right there. He speaks and God comes in and says, I will raise my mm -hmm. son up in three days. Yeah. I just, I just right. picture well, that, right? What the, partially, the other thing that's interesting is, is they're using two different Greek words that mean temple. The one the uh, Pharisees are using is actually referring more to the temple, the outer courts, and everything uh -huh. else. Right. Jesus uses the temp word for temple that means the inner yes. sanctuary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that's when true. he says it. So I think I, I, I found that very interesting. And, I looked at. Like so you said that. that when they were in this area where the Gentiles can worship, you got cattle, sheep, doves. They're desecrating the grounds. I mean, you don't 
take them to the bathroom and bring them back in to sell them, right? It's a livestock pen. It is. It's not a livestock pen. Okay. It is better than that. It is a livestock auction. Now, I'm guessing, Bill, you said to a... Have you been to a livestock auction? Many times. Yeah, I, I've been... Uh, in, you're talking I, to the pig farmer. Yeah, I understand why I said that. I've been that's once right. or twice. Right. Yeah. And there ain't nothing quiet. Nope. There ain't that's nothing that's right. normal. Because A, you got all the people bidding for the animals. Right. And C, you've got all the animal noise, the animal smell, the animal nonsense. And all, and I want you, if, if you want to get context for this, picture that in your sanctuary at church Sunday morning. That a bunch of cows are running around. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and here's a bunch of doves sitting over in the corner in a cave. Whatever sound doves make. And that's where... And if you're a visitor of the church... For the first four weeks, that's where you have to watch your worship. Folks. Yes. Then until we decide you're worthy enough to come, to come, to come, maybe inside. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Even worse, you can't come yes. in. And, in, and then you really can't. Any foreigner entering into the yeah. forecourt is responsible for his own death. That's right. right. No, so this is your only even, place to There's worship. even more than that. And I think what 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 has really got. What what has made Jesus angry is is not just and there's probably there was probably a lot of corruption and and price gouging. I think he was just irritated at the whole thing in general. If you were if you were a visitor, even if you, if you were a, a a a Jew from the 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 provinces from from Nazareth or Capernaum, and, and you made your pilgrimage every year to Jerusalem as you should, right? It was it was like Spirit Airways. It was like the Grand Parkway with tolls. You when when you got up to the hill of where the temple was, which was really the center of of political, cultural, religious activity in in the land. First, first you had to take a bath. You had to take a ritual bath. Go That's right, right, right. Oh, um, ka-ching! You probably had to pay somebody for that. Then you got to the same thing. Yeah. Towel holder. You know, you got a towel. Then you had to go into the. You got into the wall, into the gates, and you know you, you were you you were you know your your religion. You were dutified, you know, dutifully to, to make a sacrifice. But you couldn't yet buy buy an animal yet. Wherever whatever your means was, you had to go to the money changer because your your Roman money wasn't good. You had to change it to That's temple true. money. Yep. Ka-ching! Just like any other currency. Yeah, there's another currency chart. And then, then you had to buy your animal, whether right. it was a dove. So, so these guys all who, served a necessary purpose. Yes, but I, it's where they were doing it. But it was the whole thing was was a barrier. Yeah. So, you know, all I want to do is worship God, and I got to do all this. And by, I mean, it was we were talking about how a thousand years earlier, Samuel, um, not Samuel, but the the sons of. Uh, uh, who, who, was, who was Samuel's caretaker? We, we Eli, so. Eli. Eli's sons were already in the racket with it. Right. Um, they, you know, it, by this, it was organized. You, everybody, uh, you had a, probably had a concession if you wanted a table there. Yeah. You probably had to kick some up yeah. to the temple. And it was probably established by then. It was probably understood right. point, just like a concession is. But I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, the point, what you're saying, is, is, you, <laughs> people, you got to understand. They're making a profit. This is, they're not there to honor God by selling the cow and the perfect sheep. And by the way, your sheep can be told it's not perfect enough. They also had, you also had as a male, 
you had to pay the temple tax, oh, yeah. and you could only use their coin. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> all of this, it's like, well, you go there and, and you have to, your cow has to be correct. Even if you lived mm -hmm. around there, it has to be recognized by the priest to mm -hmm. be clean enough or, or spotless enough. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with the lamb, the goats, and the doves. If not, you got to buy one. you got to put your goats <laughs> on. I'm sorry, so. uh, Mr. Cropper. LC <laughs> is with blemish. blemish so right. we're not, we're I, I would be under there with a thing of paint. Now, what yes. blemish? Uh, what spot? I don't see nothing. Come on. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of you know, I hadn't put it that way, and I never tied all this back to Samuel, but yes. Eli's sons had got in it, and yeah. then That's Samuel's right. kids got involved yeah. in it, and the priest obviously became more corrupt throughout time, mm -hmm. and so they had always put barriers to worshiping God. And, and maybe that's something we talk about as men. A prophet, whatever you Yeah, yeah a prophet. Right. Hey, but, but, but it's true. But, but maybe we talk for a minute about as men, what do we do and what does our church do to put barriers to worshiping yes. God. Yeah. You know, and, and it's our job as men and leaders. We don't see it because we're here all the time, right? But right. if we right. imagine you're saying walking in as a visitor, what what could some things yeah. we might be doing that would, well, would I, you stop? You know, it's like yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I saw a young couple come in and they came in a little late and they sat kind of across from us. I have a new perspective on life because I sit down on the first floor now <laughs> with my mom. And... I made a point, because they came in late, so nobody really got to greet them. I made a point of walking over and checking their hand, you know, mm -hmm. because I wanted to make sure somebody said, hey, hadn't seen you guys before. Glad y'all are here, you know, kind of thing. Because, yeah, I, I've been to, when I was traveling for work, I visited a couple of different churches. You know, the one I landed at and stayed at the whole time was the one several people stopped and talked to me at. And, and I, was, I was a typical Baptist visitor. I sat in the very back row by myself. The preacher even came and sat down and talked with me for one one time and asked me what the deal was, and he knew Phil. Oh, <laughs> no, no kind of amazing. Do I have Baptist written on my hand for Yeah, <laughs> right. But it was hilarious. But it was one of those where, you know, I, I think as men, as leaders, it's really incumbent upon us to make sure that people don't have barriers to worship. Well, church. I, I looked at this uh, lesson, of course, a little bit differently uh, than you guys because uh, I was uh, horizontal in a bed and couldn't move. <clears throat> but so did you and, hold it up? And look right, at it like right, right. And, and and the thing about it is, I always try to put the man spin on this kind of thing. And and I remember uh, one of my first jobs out of. Uh, college was uh, I worked for a computer company and that was back in the day when you assembled your own computers okay and I assembled a few I got pretty good at it then I started selling them when you start selling something or you put yourself out there like in your glory like look at me I'm this all of a sudden you have to do the warranty okay and I look at that as part of, of Jesus putting this miracle out there. And, of course, like the professor said, yeah, maybe only his mother and the bridegroom and the servants knew. But not for long. That kind of stuff will go like wildfire. And you are committed to that path. Whatever you put yourself out as a professional and 
And then the flip side of the coin with this, because he put himself out as God, as able to do miracles, then he had the right to judge these people at the temple. Okay? That's this is the the carrot is the miracles I do. The stick is what I'm doing to your animals. So carrot and stick. Whereas us as men, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little bit more invisible about the talent that I have. I'll use it when I can, you know, but I'm, I'm not one of those type of persons that, that necessarily puts it out there all the time because it's that responsibility. And I don't know about you guys, well, probably not for you, Mike, because you're an attorney. Judgment for me is difficult. I can take it, but it's pretty hard for me to give it. I don't feel I have the authority. I, I, I'm just not a critical person. None of us like judgment. And, and I'm going to take your carrot stick a little, a little down a little different down a little different path because right. that's similar. So we talked about leadership and Jesus proving who he was right. to the disciples before he could get them to buy into the vision. The temple is the start of explaining the vision. Right. Because this is also the first inclination of, hey, guess what? Tear this body down and in three days I'll be back. Wait a minute. Right. <laughs> you right. know, but getting them to buy into the, his whole vision about a new faith and a new way to approach God. So the first thing we're going to do, we're going to go down and take care of the corrupt priest. Right. Oh, I agree. I think he's tied in. I think yeah. Like it, Steve was saying that earlier, there is a link between the two, the two uh, uh, stories that we've seen here or the, the uh, two different things, acts that Jesus did. Well, and, uh, you know, for, you know, that wedding, they were saying in the book that, you know, it's most likely a, a whole town or even the adjacent because it was right next. Well, I mean, Jesus yeah. came from Nazareth, about ten miles away. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. So that's why you know Jesus would have known him. Mm-hmm. You know, small little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I just lost my train of thought. Good, good half day walk. <laughs> um, I lost my total train of thought. Well, you were you were saying maybe that you thought all the oh, people. Oh yeah. Were uh, as far yeah. as the the wedding, thank you. <laughs> um, sorry, I got a lot of work stuff okay, going on. Um, but the people that were at that wedding, you know. How many of those that, after the fact, heard about the water and the wine thing and went, oh, that was him? How many of those were, like, in the 5,000? You know, how many were came that knew, you know, from that original, and then that's what sparked, you know? Oh, wow, that's a good point. I never thought of it until tonight. One of you said, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely agree. The thing about it is, he, he made that conscious decision to not be anonymous anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there's also something in here for men in terms of making transitions. Not, in, not necessarily you know, from bad to good, but just from, from something that just isn't the same anymore. Or that the time has passed for something. Um, and we see that in uh, the water and the wine. It's the stone vessels are no longer really there for 
ritual purposes. There, that that role is over. There's something else. The temple, the 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 day of the temple is passing. The day of of this idea of just a a geographical <coughs> location, a structure where God would dwell, mm -hmm. which was the whole point of the going back to Exodus, yeah. is changing. Uh, and now these are these are broad concepts, but throughout our lives we've got to deal with this, and and it is really hard. That's that's my point. Is you don't you you so much sometimes want to hold on to something, uh, even though you know the smart thing to do, the wise thing to do is is let move on, is let it go yeah. and move on, and 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 um, it's, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm going. I'm going to not be at our church this Sunday. I'm going to be at St. Timothy's Episcopal Church with my mom. And I'm taking her. That's the church I grew up in when I was Episcopalian. And oh. the church my mom attended from the time I was in fifth grade until she moved out here. Yeah. And reality of it is they should have closed that church about six years ago. They never, they did not replace their people as time mm -hmm. went on. And so I'm taking off to take her because the church is closing. This is the final Sunday of at that church. Oh wow! Oh wow! Mm -hmm. And so I'm taking her, so we can be at the final service okay. at the okay. church. And a good example, Steve, like you said, of of someone who didn't let go. Six year six years ago, they could have let go of that, and done something different than what they're doing now. What they're doing now is the church is closing. Everyone's got to go find a new church. There's not really that many Episcopal churches on the east side of Houston. And so it's really changing for them. Um, it goes for churches. It goes for um, us in our lives, looking for transitions. You know, we, we go through it at work. How many of us have been through a corporate reorganization in our, at our, in our work world? How many of us have been, I know, Mike, you have older children like I do. I remember when our youngest son graduated high school, it took my wife and I about a month and a half to two months to figure out Friday nights because we had had for, for nine years, we had had a child in high school band, which in Texas, that means football on Friday nights. Right. And, it, and it took us a couple of months to kind of figure out how that all worked for us. You know, it's kind of funny. you started going to U of H game. Yeah. 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 But all he does is drive a little farther. But anytime we go through transition in yes. life, those transitions are seminal moments where we have to stop and think about things a little bit. Because your kid's fixing to graduate. He's in ninth grade. Well, I he's still got now. three. Yes. Yeah. still got three years to go. But yeah, it's both different from, from high school. Yeah. To, he's... he's it, it goes so fast. Yes. You 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 know and and you sometimes find yourself telling you you know he's you know I can't be there reminding him to do his homework. I can't do that. You know he's got let him let him pick out what he wants to wear. Let him make it. And 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 you just sometimes have to check yourself in part because it, not only it, it, part of it you know you. you it's always the transition is always somewhat yeah. there's something sentimental or somewhat poignant in it, but you just forget. Yeah. <laughs> you just you just man, we are we are here already. It's and uh, there's that. There's uh, you, you talked about jobs. There's your marriage. Your marriage is different when it your your relationship with your wife 
changes. Well, we um, it gets better, but it, I mean, I, we hope. But uh, it changes. It's not you know whether whether you did things when you were younger. Now you're married. You're, you're married. You're you've got you've got a house to keep up. You've got other responsibilities, and you sometimes you just got to find time for each other. It sometimes it's an effort. We probably yeah, talked we, about that in we past. We all talked because I know Kyle and I talked about how. As you go through transitions of life, so for example, when you're, what you just talked about, your mm-hmm. marriage and your kids get older, now all of a sudden you, you put, so for for my wife and I, it was roughly 25 years until the oldest son went off to college. From the birth of our mm-hmm. oldest son until the youngest son left to go to college, it was roughly 25 years where it was not me and her, but a gaggle of us, three or four of us. And then all of a sudden it was... Me and her again. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing about it is, is that there's some changes that are very self-evident, mm-hmm. um, and and you can see it, and it affects everybody around you, like like Kyle and I. When you return back from boot camp, I don't know about how your parents treated you. I, I can tell you this: my dad and I, we kind of fought because we worked together on the farm. When I showed up in uniform <coughs> out of boot camp. <clears throat> immediately my dad and I had a totally different relationship yeah. because that was a change that was identifiable that wasn't something that you eased into it was a, it was a, a definite change that happened over 13 weeks and then I reappeared okay well it was like you were no longer a son you were you're another man I was another right. exactly that is, exactly. that is what happens in this water and wine story exactly. not just yeah. the, but the exactly. thing about it is is he didn't necessarily want to take that step but I think his mother prodded him to take it and he did you know and I think in life, it's hard for us because, like, I, I look at you guys. I can, I can describe each of you guys, and you're a pretty nice-looking bunch. But I can't describe myself because my eyes are looking out. And I think as we see other people, it's up to us to encourage them to grab onto that thing that they have, the glory you know, what it is unique about them, what is that talent to help them and to encourage them with that. And I think that's up to us being leaders. And that's a big takeaway from the story. Now, as we're getting down to the end, just want to go around the room and uh, get a summary from the fellows, but just want to make sure that you know we are on iTunes. All of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. Of course, we have a Facebook page at Man-Up, and uh, the professor has us on Twitter as well. So, uh, And with that, I'm going to go around the room one more time, uh, get summary from the fellas, and uh, anything else that you want to throw in. Uh, start out with uh, Deacon Kyle, Mr. Pink. Wore, wore it just for you, bro. You wore it just for me. <laughs> I was figuring I'm colorblind, man. I was figuring you were, he's colorblind, but he can pick he out can, my pink he can shirt. pick out your pink shirt. Mm-hmm. Because it says Do you think there's some it. hypocrisy here in this color? I think he lies to us often on that. You notice there's a bunch of pink lighters and everything around just for you as well. I thought those were maroon. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I was reading in the back of, of this lesson uh, under what they call implications and actions. And uh, the author says, however, uh, however, we can be as guilty as they were in replacing relationships with ritual and mistaking the place we worship in for the presence of the one we serve. And, you know, it's, it just makes me think. we we got to just watch what we're doing. It's too easy to get complacent, to be in your groove of whatever that is in life and forget some of the things we're supposed to pay attention to because it's normal it's it's you know life is busy um we have a lot more that we do than they did back then tv and phones and internet and email and you know just all the stuff that can take up our lives and we need to remember to stop and that it is about christ that he is supposed to be the center of our faith and that we have to sometimes clean house and tear down the rituals that we've gotten ourselves into and get back to the place of worship. Excellent. Michael Cropper. Yeah. Uh, I'm still looking at the temple, and I still look at the the lesson we have here, and and it was hard for me to comprehend that the temple was actually the center of Jewish life. I mean, they believed God was there. This whole country was built on uh, the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, and when they created this temple, they did it from his instruction so that their very faith, everything they did, and, and, and to show that, the couple of the Ten Commandments state, remember, to keep the Sabbath holy and also worship the Lord your God on or, uh, and him only. And, of course, if you said any wrong word that the... Uh, the the priests or rabbis believed was a an insult to the temple, you could be stoned to death. This temple was, to them, the vision of God, right? And that's the way they looked at it. In fact, you were supposed to come from all over the country once a year for the Passover, this feast which is referred to, and the Passover being the celebration of their leaving Egypt by uh, the death angel killing the firstborn in Egypt, right? And on the same token, when you put a cross over your door in, in with blood, it protected the Jewish people. Okay? Jesus, now, going back to this again, Jesus says, you destroy this body or this temple and I will raise it up again. And this is exactly what happens later on. Their temple is destroyed Jesus' body is resurrected, and he does become the temple. And the ramifications of that are, today, we're sitting in a church, but we must remember the church is inside of us. The Holy Spirit is in us. We come here for a meeting place, but Christ is in every one of us, and that's what he brought with the New Testament. And this is what he brought to each of us, the opportunity to worship him wherever we are. We don't have to be inside Sugarland Baptist Church, and we don't have to be inside a chapel. We can worship Him whatever we're doing at whatever time we wish. Even in, if we're in Episcopalia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Steve. Very, very true. Well, yeah, this is to, to kind of supplement what both Kyle and, and Mike are saying. This is the transition of, of and in this section of John, um, there's a, the, the 
these stories, these these uh, are these anecdotes. They're built around uh, rituals and institutions of Judaism, chapters two through four. We got the wedding uh, a, a, and the stone jars, a ritual and institution itself, a wedding banquet. We have the temple where everybody is. Uh, for the, the center of Jewish life and this important festival of, of Passover, uh, where one, where, where you were kind of obliged to make your pilgrimage to, uh, and later on t- next week we do we do Nicodemus the rabbi, a discussion with a rabbi, a leader of the church, which is followed by kind of a of, of a breaking of a traditional wall where Jesus talks to the Samaritan woman, and uh, all of this is a, again in and and what is to come signifies this transition away from the old and to this new, this new idea. Uh, but also, uh, to uh, my, my final takeaway is, Jesus doesn't smash the stone vessels. He does not negate the past. He's saying the past, it's, things have changed. The, the past was the past. It served us. Now we're moving to this. Uh, it's ultimately the Romans who destroy the actual temple uh, in 70 A.D. But you know he drives them out. But he does not. He does not begin a tearing down of the the, the temple pro- the, the building itself. But I, so there's there. And sometimes when we where I'm leaning on this is that sometimes when we want to change, we want to bash everything that went before. We want to tell, oh, that was all that was all terrible. Uh, let's 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 negate all that and what we're doing now is good. We move on, we, write, we, we, we see the difference, we see why that no longer uh, works anymore, that no longer serves us anymore, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was bad, it's just, we've just moved on from it. Excellent. Professor, your takeaways. Um, this is a good setup for next week. The, the, the wedding miracle which I would be remiss to, to this because my wife evidently has listened to our mm. podcast. I've heard. Ah. But um, we actually, a song at our wedding is a song called The Wedding by Michael Card. It was included in his The Life Trilogy, which is albums of a three album set based on the entire life of Jesus. And he was, the song is about the wedding at, the, at Cana. Mm-hmm. And from there, where he uses it to sell his vision or himself to his disciples, and like you guys alluded to, you're right. That probably spread like wildfire afterwards. Oh, him, that guy, to having them follow him to Jerusalem, where he goes and basically cleans the temple up the first time, <coughs> sets up next week, where we get one of the most profound conversations. Because I'm fairly certain that that Nicodemus heard about what he did at the temple, heard about what he said, read everything into it, talked to a few people, and said, "Well, yeah, this guy turned a bunch of water into wine." I thought that was really great, you know. And so Nicodemus comes to Jesus to talk to him after all that. So this is really a setup for that particular story next week. And I like to uh, just give my basic uh, summary, and I always like to. Uh, I put a little bit of a man spin on it, and my man spin on that is this. <clears throat> Be a man, and then take a stand. And I think that's what Jesus did. He manned up, and then he took the stand. 
at the temple. And I think there's times when that's what we have to do. So, and with that, this is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 93. Of course, we're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we have a Facebook page. I'd like to thank the, I got comments from uh, a few women on our Facebook page. One was Victoria, one was uh, Kimberly, and thank you so much. And all the other ladies that are out there listening, uh, we totally appreciate. And, of course, you men that don't make comments. That's fine. So. Uh, and we want to we want to invite you to get involved in a local Bible-based church. Why local? Because then you'll go get involved in an adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school class and look for a man-only one. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.